0: Welcome to the enemy of the surveillance state, where we discuss news, tips, and open source tools to help you protect your privacy in an age of mass digital surveillance. This week I'm joined by a special guest, Todd Weaver, who because of his dedication to privacy started a company called Purism, making computers and now a phone that are designed to respect and protect your privacy. We'll discuss mobile privacy, how to protect it, and more this week on Enemy of the Surveillance State. So I have been following Purism for years now, watching the company grow and keep promises of creating top of the line devices that protect your privacy. As an active advocate and practical practitioner of privacy, I have had to hack the heck out of my devices to make them privacy friendly. Purism's goal is to make privacy convenient, and that is exactly what they're doing. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thanks for joining us today. Can you just uh, sort of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your company and what you do?
1: Sure. Um, Thanks for having me, by the way. Um, Yeah, so uh, purism I started in 2014, uh, really around um, the time that my daughters were at a young age, and I kind of recognized that uh, what we had to do was be able to create products that are convenient enough that... Uh, people can actually use them while ha- having this default of protection. And um, so as my dollars have grown, I recognized that, you know, I-, I needed to be able to be able to create all of these products, primarily starting with laptops and then the ability to sort of use that as building this credibility of creating an operating system, uh, creating the hardware, being a manufacturer, even doing U.S. fabrication for some parts, to be able to then have it where we can, provide a convenient laptop product. But the end result of that, as you kind of highlighted in the intro, was to get to the point where we are now, where we have the early versions of the phone. And the phone is, of course, a phone that doesn't run Android or iOS. is a phone that runs the same operating system that our laptops run. Um, and so it's taken a, a while to get us to this point. And it's obviously even something that we're continuing to dedicate ourselves to this cause. Uh, But the end result is uh, having a phone that defaults to complete privacy protection, which means individual freedoms, so that you can avoid the surveillance state uh, and you can actually participate in digital society in the same way that you would from other devices. And technologically, these things are all possible. It really just becomes having the conviction Of understanding how technology works to make products that actually just aren't uh, creepy and start to uh, spy on the individual and all of their data.
0: Absolutely, Todd. One of the big questions, and I know you hear this all the time, so do I. uh, So, but if I have nothing to hide, you know, why should I care? And then the other question is well, nothing can be done about it. And I always answer both of those questions by saying, first of all, it, it, and I, I stole this from you, by the way, I want to give you credit because I've said it on this show in previous episodes. Uh, I stole this from Todd Weaver. It is never about what you have to hide. It is always about what you have that's worth protecting. That's the answer to the first question, uh, mm-hmm. at least the soundbite answer to that. And then, of course, we can flesh that out some. And I've done that in, in a previous episode, so we don't have to really get into it much today. But the second thing is, well, nothing could be done about it. It's just the way it is. And I say, hey, uh, software is an equal opportunity tool. It doesn't care if it's being used to spy on you or to protect you from others spying on you. If Ed Snowden was able to communicate with journalists using Tor and Tails and other things that I've talked about on this program, encrypted emails and what have you, uh, then we can use those things, too. He felt here's a guy who knew exactly what the surveillance state's capabilities were. And he knew that by communicating using secure channels, he was safe. So something can be done about it. And what you're doing, man, gosh, Todd, I got to tell you, it's amazing. Uh, One of the coolest things, I got to say this, one of the coolest things about hosting a privacy podcast is being able to have someone like you on the show. I am a I well, well, I can see there. you're very welcome. I consider myself a well-informed layman when it comes to protecting privacy, but everything that I do, everything I've spent the last decade, uh, practicing and learning and putting to use in my own life has rested on the work of experts like yourself. So really, and truly thanks for all you do. It really means the world to people like me. And I think many of our listeners, so thanks for that. Um,
1: well no it's actually I really appreciate hearing that it's uh, the um, positive feedback uh, especially around something that's as complex as taking uh, all of these technological advancements that we have and making them actually respect individuals is is a complicated thing to solve um, and and it really it it gets to kind of the heart of why we we formed in the way we did as a social purpose company uh, the ability to uh, deliver on products where we uh, you know, release the source code because that ends up meaning that it can be verified, that it doesn't spy on people, doesn't have any back doors, right? We have to actually manufacture hardware that doesn't have any uh, back doors from uh, foreign governments or from, uh, you know, nefarious uh, inter- injections. So we have to start at the ground level. But all of that stuff that goes in between, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to provide to you and everybody else is to say, like, this is just a phone the difference is if you're looking at an android phone or an ios phone versus the purism librem 5 phone the librem 5 that we have you can have peace of mind that one's just like you know that one doesn't leak a single bit of data right it doesn't ever phone home it doesn't ever send any of your information outbound you know but you can still use it you can have turn by turn maps right you can have make phone calls you can send text messages you can browse the web But each of those things are done in isolation. So what happens is your GPS location uh, data isn't sent anywhere unless you purposefully opt in to share that one bit for that one moment in time. And so these are things that what a person wants is the convenience of technology. What they don't want is the surveillance state.
0: Absolutely. And you bring up a couple of interesting points there, Todd, Uh, one being the open source nature of all of this because I, I, you know, I've interviewed you for previous articles that I've written for a magazine that I write for the new American magazine. And I think many of my listeners are probably also readers of the new American magazine. So they may be some familiar with the conversations you and I've had in the past, but I don't know you personally. And even if I got to know you personally, I've not known you for decades. So how can Mitchell Shaw trust Todd Weaver, where something as important, as non-negotiable as privacy is concerned. And the answer is I can't. But I can trust auditable source code that you release the source code. Now you as a person, I may I may or may not trust you. It's completely irrelevant. Somebody right. somewhere with tape on his glasses gets to audit your code, or millions of somebody somewhere with tape on their glasses get to audit your code, and they say, hey, there is nothing in this code that doesn't do exactly what it says it does. It makes phone calls, it sends texts, it checks email, it allows me to browse the web, it keeps my GPS stuff safe and quiet, but it, what there's nothing in there that lends itself to someone surveilling me. Like you say, it's not phoning home, it's not narking me out to the man Uh, And then the other the other interesting part uh, part you brought up was sort of the what I call the incestuous relationship between the surveillance state in, you know, uh, the NSA, FBI, CIA and the other three letter alphabet agencies that are out there uh, and what I call the culture of surveillance, Facebook, Google, Bing, Microsoft, all these other nosy things that are just looking to harvest my data because your security and your privacy chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And if that link is that I've got Google living on my phone, it really doesn't matter what else I'm doing. So you you built your own operating system and that is a Linux operating system, yes?
1: That's correct. Yeah, it runs a Linux kernel and it's a full-blown operating system, but the same one that runs on our laptop. And it's one that we've been operating on for a number mm-hmm. of years. It's also built off of uh, you know, a, an entire movement that's been around for uh, you know uh, thirty some odd years. So it's so this is a, a well-established, secure operating system, and we have our own um, a version of that because we make sure that all these things run in isolation. So, so let me kind of get to the point of that, uh, f- you know, for your listeners. Um, uh, making sure that every decision that we make adheres. To a simple mantra, which is, we protect your freedoms. And so we will never do anything, the code will never do anything, the applications will never do anything that exploits that. And that making sure that we have this strong reason why we exist is so critical. And then the second point that you brought up earlier is this trust us, but you know what? You don't have to trust us because you can also verify it everything else in the technology space and all the other large companies that sort of participate in um in you know uh, gathering up this information and then obviously work uh, in conjunction with the uh, surveillance state overall are ones who have a, ma- a mantra of you can just trust us and then when you ask to verify any of these claims it falls flat right you they 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 say well you can just trust us and they wave their hands so the ability to actually have it verified, and this doesn't mean that every individual needs to go verify it. The point is that the that other people, third parties, verify it. they can make these claims. Yes, this uh, this code is, uh, has no backwards. And then overall, by this sort of uh, trust building around, then you have conf- confidence that – that is uh, that, it, that is the case. So I'll give you a couple of examples, and a good analogy uh, for your listeners would probably be something along the lines of, um, if you wanted to confirm the authenticity of uh, uh, your food source, right? And so, uh, what you can end up doing is, right, uh, USDA um, can go to a farm and say, we want to confirm the uh, authenticity of the food source, right? If it's either from organic or from, you know, what pesticides are used, and the farmer must allow them to access the soil, and so in the case of USDA organic, would be that they need to certify that it's been organic for, for two years. So in the tech space, um, to use that analogy, would be you asking to say, hey, we'd like to see the source code to confirm that it doesn't spy on people or doesn't you know um, send your data somewhere else or doesn't phone home or doesn't record. And it would be equivalent to in the tech space where the farmer would say, oh, no, just trust me. My soil is good. I don't use any uh, chemicals or I don't use the things that you're actually trying to you know, uh, track down. And so there's no way to verify those claims. So in the tech world, right, all of those things are just shrouded in mystery. And you sort of have to just have blind trust. And what we have done is broken down that. right? We said we'll release all of our code uh, because – that allows for this verification. And that's an important piece of individual freedoms is at the root of that, but it also solves the privacy issues and the security issues. So we can end up tackling both markets of privacy protection and having the most secure devices available today because of the same consistent message that we have throughout our entire uh, uh, corporation, which is this caring for individual freedoms and making sure that there isn't any uh, spying or backdoors or anything else malicious going on.
0: Exactly. So it's funny that you use food source as an analogy because I use a similar analogy and I, I've said this in previous episodes, but it's worth repeating here. Uh, I compare the open source model and the proprietary model to shopping at the grocery store. So it's, it's late. I've got to have dinner. I don't have time to really actually make anything. So I'm just going to go to the grocery store I go to the freezer section and I'm going to pick out something, take it home, and put it in the in the oven for 45 minutes and convince myself that I've cooked dinner. Uh, so I'm looking at all these different frozen dinners and I see one that looks really good. I think, man, I, I like this. You know, teriyaki chicken or whatever. So I pick it up, I roll it over, I look at the back of the box, and it says ingredients. This product is manufactured using a proprietary blend of flavors, nutrients, and other spices. Period. End of story. I wouldn't buy it. And I don't think many people would. You won't tell me what's in it. I'm not putting it in my body. I feel exactly that way about software. Show me the source code or don't try to convince me this is good for my machine and my digital life. So in the open source world, I can see the source code. Anybody can see the source code. They're even free to fork that source code and create their own product as long as they don't close that code. Now, somehow or another, in all the legalese, uh, Google manages to do something where they take the Linux kernel to create the Android operating system, but then they close the code for a lot of stuff that's around that. They can't close the kernel, but they can close a lot of other stuff. So, you know, Android is not open source. It's built on an open source kernel, but everything outside of that is uh, suspect at best because they've closed the source code on way too much of it. So this would be that uh, manufactured using a proprietary blend of nutrients, spices, and other flavors. And it's like, well, I'm not interested. Thanks, I'm not eating your food. Hey, Google, I'm not using your software. Microsoft, I'm not using your software. And that idea of trust us, but don't ask us a whole bunch of questions is probably best personified, uh, best illustrated in Microsoft's privacy agreement, which begins, we respect you or your privacy is important to us. And I say, yeah, your privacy, my privacy is important to you as a product that you can market and sell to your advertisers. Uh, so, with your operating system, with your, uh, and it's not just your operating system, it's not just the software. Am I right, Todd? Your hardware yep. is also open source, all the way down to the, yep. to the metal.
1: Yep. So we we release schematics, which means that it's very that, that allows you to confirm the actual end result product matches the actual schematics and that's and that's something uh, especially with the Librem 5 phone right that allows for uh, the people who want to go verify that which is obviously not going to be the bulk of people but it allows to confirm that uh, or spot check right or especially you know uh, large enterprises that that need to make sure that they have secure devices that we we can can, can confirm uh, the schematics match the actual hardware but um, a couple of points that I think or important that you brought up there uh, is that the, the operating system, especially on phones, where you can't actually verify anything, what that what that equates to and I like your analogy, but I'm going to add one other piece that, that we described the digital supply chain. So this is where in the physical world people can recognize that oh okay am I buying this uh, is it you know from the US? Uh, You know, they can actually look at the parts. They can see, you know, uh, oh, I could actually manufacture this other part. And there's transparency in hardware and other physical goods. In the digital space, meaning software, there's no transparency to any of that. And so the ability to actually confirm that if someone says your car runs on diesel and you can confirm, does it run on diesel or does it run on, uh, you know, uh, regular gas? And so uh, there's methods that they can end up looking at to determine that. In the software world, it's 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 a complete black box, and there's absolutely no way to verify. And so by having this secure and transparent supply chain in the digital side of things, then all of our claims, when I tell you, Mitch, you can trust what we're doing, you can say, oh, okay, that's fine, uh, and then you can go verify those claims. And then what that does is that puts us at a very solid future for anything that we do say when we say it, it carries significant weight because you can also go verify that every one of those claims has been accurate. And I think that in the very intro you also brought up, we've been successfully delivering on our products and our promises since 2014. And that is uh, in building of trust, building of um, making sure that you have overall uh, trustworthy and secure and privacy-respecting devices, having going on you know, six years of uh, – record, uh, is something that is, uh, worth mentioning because it's, it is, uh, it goes to proof positive of that. We actually care about these issues.
0: Absolutely. And in full disclosure, I want to say this to my listeners. Uh, I am not sponsored in any way at all by purism. My relationship to purism, like I said, in the intro is that I've been following their development for years, watching them keep promises. Um, if my budget allowed, the laptop that would be sitting in front of me right now would not be the laptop it is. It would be the Librem 13. I, I covet that, and I plan to get myself one of, the, one of those one of these days. Uh, the Librem 5 is my next phone. When I, I, I will be in the market for a phone in the next year or so, and I plan to purchase a Librem 5. Right now, I have no relationship whatsoever to Purism. I don't own any of their products. I'm not paid in any way at all by Purism. I just happen to have interviewed Todd uh, for some previous articles that I've written and have tremendous respect for what the company is doing. And I thought that it would be something that my listeners that you would want to know about uh, so that when you're making your next decision as one of my listeners, you can say, wow, this is at least an option. This is on the table. So uh, let's go yeah. back. So oh, t- I'll go, go well, ahead, I want
1: to touch on, touch on two, two points to wrap up to this kind of, uh, it's, it's So, um, uh, I think the disclaimer is also uh, helpful because obviously you, you you're talking very positively about what we're doing, and that's I think that's uh, nice of you to make sure that the listeners understand that that, uh, that disclaimer. Yeah, I'm not being uh, rewarded but, for that, this at all. Yeah, yeah, but the, but there's two other things I want to make sure your, your listeners know. The, the first is that um, that you know we do sell high in Harbor, right? It's, it's expensive because we have to fund the entire development process to actually implement this change. It's not, uh, you know, putting a bandaid on cancer. We actually have to solve the systemic issues. The, the second thing is we actually have the ability for pre-order of devices and uh, specifically the phone where you also get to pick the applications that you would like to have confirmed before we ship it to you because you can imagine we're, we, we're, we're disrupting the entire chain. So this is where uh, it's being able to have it be a drop-in replacement for your Android or iOS depends on the applications that you need so as one example case if you wanted to pre-order the phone now to back the movement then that's uh, we've seen a lot of growth around that because people want this alternative and then we can and then people who wanted the the, you know phone call text message web browser uh, they got their phones already right and they're already talking about the benefits of these phones publicly and everything else but then if you want you know turn by turn maps uh, you want to have social media, but you want to have it run in isolation. You want to be able to book a ride-sharing app, but you want to make sure the GPS is only shared when you're booking the um, uh, the ride share, uh, or if you want to have, um, you know, uh, some other uh, some other application that maybe may not uh, yet work on the device. And so what we're doing is we're because we have such a large community, hundreds of active developers. And they're chipping away at each of these applications. Uh, I think in the course of the next uh, month or so, we're going to have about 500 applications that are going to be added to the overall store uh, that are all going to be free and available to just uh, uh, use on the device where they run in isolation and don't spy on you. But you can imagine so then, what we have is once we get to the point where your 10 applications you desire are there. Then we'll notify you, we'll keep you up to date the whole time, and then we'll ship you the phone at that point in time when you can uh, have the confirmation that it's going to satisfy replacing your existing phone.
0: So it's going to satisfy my particular needs. It might not be ready for somebody else, but at the point that it's ready for me, I can actually have that phone in my hand.
1: That's right. And and part of that is because, you know, uh, you, you you take a poll of a hundred people you're going to get a hundred answers of the 10 apps that they need or the 15 apps that they need. And so what we do is we create these user personas and the applications. Then we start chipping away at each of them. And, you know, and it's just really a a number of applications, just momentum and time. And we have a lot of momentum. And so we're going to get there, but, but then that also allows where um, people can financially fund the movement of being saying, like, we want an alternative to Android or iOS. We want something that's convenient, right? And and I understand that it comes down to convenience. We need to make products that are convenient that also offer all the benefits of digital society. And that's not uh, impossible, right? And this sort of brings back to almost even like the first thing that you had, had stated is, if we target convenience, then we can actually create the alternative, right? So, um, yes, you want to protect your things, right? Uh, and, yes, we as technologists need to make these products that are so easy to use where they have peace of mind that the, the person who's running it doesn't need to go verify all the code. They just know that this device isn't going to be tracking them or leaking their data. And, that's, uh, and, and that allows us to, to bridge this gap between... Uh, having people want what we're able to create, but even though they might measure us as, oh, we'd like you to be a little bit farther than where you are today, but I want to back your movement. And then once you get to the point of having the ride-sharing app or whatever it ends up being, that then we can, uh, once that's there, shift them the phone. And then that allows us to sort of continue to grow and, and, and uh, actually create a future where there is an alternative to the duopoly of, uh, of the phone market.
0: Absolutely. So, two points that I want to address. Um, I want to address th- that convenience issue that you talked about. But before I get into that, you know, you mentioned that these are high-end devices, so they're relatively expensive. To be fair, Todd, um, I'm looking right now. I, while you were saying that, I just went ahead and opened the Libram 13 version four on the screen in front of me, and I'm looking at that. It. it It retails at $13.99 out of the box without any tweaks. And, of course, you allow some, like, I can tweak that the way I want it. I want a larger hard drive, or I want this, or I want that. That's fine. Um, But $13.99 out of the box. You know, I'm looking at that, and, I, I, you know, if I were to open up, uh, you know, Apple's page right now and look at what the MacBook Pro would set me back uh, for something that I would probably never see the performance difference in, I would never see a convenience difference in. Uh, it's a lot more than thirteen ninety nine, so I don't think your product is overly expensive at all. I just want to say that uh, for the listeners out there, you know, the Libram Five phone I think is going for uh, six hundred dollars. Am I wrong?
1: It will be seven ninety nine once uh, we uh, we hit mass production. So okay, so seven ninety nine.
0: but if I go out right now. Uh, and I pick up the 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 you know latest, greatest uh, Android right now. you know, I you know I, I really want the the note seven or whatever the heck it is uh, right now, or I want the new uh, Samsung device. You know, it's gonna set me back a grand or eleven hundred bucks uh, and I'm yep. looking at the specs on your phone, and this is not like going and buying a track phone. This is a you know, these are decent specs for no, a phone. Yeah. yeah, it's full featured. it. Uh, you know, it's a good looking phone. I really like the nondescript black, just sort of, Hey, you know, I pull out this phone and the person across the room does not even have a clue what phone I'm using. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. There's no branding on your laptops, except on the bottom, on the bottom side, I think it says that it's made by purism and it's a Librem 13 or Librem 15. So, so I don't think, you know, when we say these are expensive, uh, that's relative to, you know, what a person, you know, if, if. if your last laptop was a $299 special from Walmart that came running Windows and a thousand bloatware apps, then the price of this laptop probably seems like a trip to the moon to you. But if your last laptop was a, a top-of-the-line or even middle-tier laptop, this is not extremely priced at all. Ditto on the phone. If your last with the phone you're listening to this podcast on right now you know, is a track phone or some low end, uh, Android device that nobody's ever heard of, then, you know, you know, $799 for a mobile phone probably seems outrageous to you, but if you're listening to this on a Samsung or, you know, keep filling in the blank, you know, the new Google pixel or whatever, this is not overpriced at all. So now moving on, moving on to the, uh, the privacy issue and the convenience issue, uh, there's something that we didn't talk about earlier when you were talking about sort of your model for creating this, but in a previous conversation that you and I had, Todd, you talked about how, uh, you know, seeing your, your daughters grow up, um, you know, you wanted something that was super convenient for them to just be able to be private without having to do all the heavy lifting with. And I know from my perspective, okay, I'm holding in my hand right now on the phone that that I have feeding into my board for this conversation between you and I. Is a OnePlus 3. It's a device that's about four years old. I've been very happy with it. It was exactly what I wanted at the time. Uh, My next phone will be the Librem 5. But to get the OnePlus 3 to where I wanted it, I literally spent years cracking one nut after the other. It was only last year that I finally got this phone to where it has no Google bits on it at all. I'm running an aftermarket Android ROM that removes all the Google bits and replaces them with a spoof of those Google bits. So that things like, uh, notifications work because many of the notifications for some of the apps that I use require Android play services. I don't have Android play services. My phone is just busily lying to that app and telling it that I do so that that criteria is met. That qualification is met and Bing, I get the app, uh, notification that I wanted when I get a text or an email or whatever. So, um, I can do that, and you can do that, and you probably have done that in the past, but we get to a place mm-hmm. where we realize like, this is not duplicatable. I've got a lot of friends, and I'm not going right. to spend hours and hours and hours on each of their phones and then have to duplicate that every time there's a major update to the phone. I'm not going to do that for my kids and all of their friends. It would be a, more than a full-time job. I'd have to hire a crew yeah. whose job it is to update everybody's phones in my circles and their circles to do what your phone does out of the box yeah. and in that conversation, sure. Todd, you mentioned to me, and we haven't said it specifically in this episode, but I want to make sure that it is said, is it, am I correct? The phone was always the goal. The laptops yes, were correct. just a step toward that goal. Can you talk about that for a moment?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, so I'll, I'll touch on and, and reiterate that yes, the scale aspect uh, is what you're bringing up and where, you know, being able to, you know, obviously I'm, you know, in the, Uh, hardware and software space and have been in it for a long time many decades right and so i i customize things i tweak things to my needs but i also recognize that's not the normal uh case for everybody and those you know obviously you're you're probably in a similar camp where you get asked a lot about hey what's the thing that i should end up doing right and factoring that in is like well Wow, what I'm doing, I'd love for you to also be doing because now that I've dialed everything in, it's like it's like utopia, right? But uh, but to get you there, oh wow, that's going to be a, a time sink. And so um, so this all comes to the convenience story, right? So the ability to scale, right, for my kids, right, for my family, my extended family, the right, it turns into where it's uh, I I knew that we needed to just simply create a product where I can just literally hand them the device. Right here you go, and the reason um, is because of making sure that that device from the ground up has been one where uh, it, we've taken all those extra steps that you've gone through for years, but we've actually gone even beyond that to say like you know what we we're going to solve a lot of the things that you end up having to doing with all the custom ROMs and that notification. We're going to strip out all that. And we're going to actually make something from the ground up where none of that exists. So that means that there isn't a a point in time where someone's like, oh, I got to go do some extra difficult step. There's no difficult steps on the phone. And not only that,
0: let me me interject there because not only that, but I don't know what the next iteration of Android holds. Will I be able to do this again? Is, Is the ROM that I currently use and depend on for my privacy going to be available in the next version of Android? Or when I get the next update, is it just going to break everything and Google's back on my phone and there's nothing I can do about it?
1: That's right. So that's the whack-a-mole problem. So you, and and it's something that everybody who modifies something to their desires faces when you're at the control of a parent company that clearly has uh, intentions that are not aligned with what you desire. So yes, they can just simply issue a software update. This also relates to the longevity of devices, as a matter of fact. So you can you can see that with the Librem 5, we have a 10-year cycle on the hardware itself, right? So we selected chips that have a long-term support. The other thing about all phones that you experience now is after about two years on a phone, unless you're tweaking things and modifying them or staying downgraded that a simple software update means product obsolescence. So then that fuels this where you you feel like, oh, my device is now up to date and it's totally slow. I got to go get another phone when that's not the case. That hardware actually is very powerful still and can run at com- at very fast speeds. So our phone has because we don't have any of that bloatware built in to just artificially slow down the device, or even in a lot of cases, the next version that comes out will then remove older versions of phones, so literally your phone at two years isn't supported any longer, right? These are things, all things that we're solving because the hardware itself is so reliable. That then you can have a phone that can last as long as you desire, and every software update that we have, you can also have complete peace of mind. is going to be released where it's never going to uh, downgrade or or make your device uh, actually uh, be detrimental to you. Or so, and then oh, go ahead. Or,
0: or uh, you know my battery has just finally given up the ghost, and you know I've got a you know an hour and a half charge on my battery. Your battery is user user replaceable, yes.
1: That's correct. Yes. user replaceable and also we isolate out uh, a few other parts like the Wi-Fi modem and the actual cellular modem so even being able to do upgrades uh you know as cellular data uh, advances to the next generation and then Wi-Fi advances to the next generation or you need an extra battery right those things are actually all user replaceable which um, also offers this now granted in the you know changing out your baseband is um a screwdriver and a you know and and popping in a new card, um, and not everybody would even do that. But the battery replacement is also very easy. You pop off the back of the case and you pop in a new battery. And batteries, of course, as you know, uh, don't last forever, right? No, so they have a light. You, you yeah. You, so you're you're pinning right now, on a lot of the phones you're pinning the entire life of your phone because it's it's not user replaceable. To You're pinning it to the battery. But I wanted to also make sure that I answer your previous question of, that the laptops were just a catalyst to the phone. And, and that's correct. From our original business plan that we uh, that I knew that I wanted to create a phone because the phone is what everybody, it's literally like their life, right? It's the thing that they're attached to now. And it's only going to get more and more of your data and your life stored on that device. And of course, the future you know after that will be other devices that have and hold more and more of your data. Um, but the ability to tackle that market, I knew that I couldn't just go straight after that market initially because I wanted to build up on solving these problems properly. And I didn't want to take large VC money from Silicon Valley. I wanted to build this from the people. And so to do that, that's why I formed as a social purpose company, which uh, is, of course, um, means we still sell a product for profit. Right. Uh, We um, uh, we adhere to the market behaviors of saying, hey, the market can actually solve this issue. People actually want to back this. Right. And uh, and then we made sure to. Deliver on laptops first, and I actually took, did crowdfunding. I said went out and said I'd like to build laptops, and we raised over initially uh, four hundred thousand uh, dollars from the in two thousand fourteen to build the first laptops. Two thousand fifteen, we delivered on those laptops, and then we put out the next version of the laptop, which is the thirteen inch laptop, the Librem thirteen, and then we could continue to deliver on additional products and versions. And now we're up to version four across those products, and then uh, and that allowed me to then be able to run a crowdfunding campaign for to, to manufacture the phone, which publicly raised over $2.5 million before we closed the campaign. That was $2.5 million in 60 days. So there's a huge market for what we're doing. And then afterwards, we've still been able to close many millions of dollars in pre-sales, of the phone because uh, we've been able to actually show progress and deliver the early versions of that phone to the early backers. So that way, uh, the confirmation that we will deliver and we meet our promises is, is sort of, you know, continues to, to ring true. And so the the goal for me, and there's additional goals beyond the phone, but but when I started uh, Purism, my thought was, I, I want to get to the point when I can have a phone that I can just hand to people and have it be something where they have that they they're in complete control and they can opt in to the things that they'd like to not have this default leaking sieve of data that they have no ability to actually stop.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned, uh, you know, being a social purpose corporation, and for my listeners, let me explain that. Um, So when we look at a company like Google that is, you know, incorporated, uh, you know, they have articles of incorporation where they are legally obligated to put profits above everything else. And by the way, you are their product. They give you maps, they give you email, they give you the, the, you know, Google drive. They give you all of this stuff so that they can harvest your data, sell that off at a profit and reward their stockholders as a social purpose corporation, you're not anti-capitalism, yes?
1: No, correct. It's very much part of the capitalist system, like, so, and so it's the, kind of an important important part to make. Right? Otherwise, we would have formed as a nonprofit.
0: Absolutely. So the way I explain this to people is that you're not um, – you are about making a profit. You're just not all about making a profit. There is something that your social purpose corporation papers, the the legal obligation that you have painted yourself into the corner of – requires you to place this other thing even above profits and to fully disclaim that to anyone who may want to invest in your company. And that something is the privacy and liberty and rights of your users, correct? That's right.
1: Indi- individual freedoms. And so so this is where uh, – and it, it's such an important foundational shift. Because then, everybody who we bring in, all the staff, anybody, investors, of people who understand what they're coming to get as a product, recognize that what we care about is your individual freedom. And so, in technology, right, that that there isn't another organization that does that. And so, we Make sure to advance that first and foremost. So then you have you actually have peace of mind. Similar to you know when you say, "Yeah, I'd like to support USA products." I'm going to go look for the Made in USA label, and you recognize that there's actually a standard behind that, right? It can't just be screwdriver assembly. It actually be, has to be where you're making things in the United States. And so uh, that same foundational shift for us was to make sure that we, uh, at our foundation, we have all the benefits of having a capitalist company, but we have one thing above it, which is to say, we care about your individual freedom first and foremost, which means that given a choice of making a dollar for exploiting your personal data online or protecting it, we will default to protecting it or all other C corporations must exploit you for the dollar because they have to maximize shareholder value. And so this is where... uh, you know, tech is a completely unregulated space, and so we had to end up taking one extra step to make sure that the people who are buying our products also have complete trust at the foundational level, which is a legal document that states that we can't do that. Uh, we can't exploit you.
0: So, and something, so uh, something approaching a con- a contractual obligation.
1: It's, it's beyond a contractual obligation even because this is actually – a. a uh, the articles of incorporation with the government. And so, um, so, but if you could think of it as the strongest possible contract. Yes.
0: Awesome. That is amazing. So we've talked about how secure and private your laptops and phones are. Uh, and what you said is that they leak nothing. So if I make an encrypted phone call using a Librem five, I can rest assured that no other person besides myself and the person that I'm calling has access to that phone call. Ditto messages. Ditto my my web surfing. Ditto fill in the blank. That's okay, that's correct. And then yes. you, And then besides that, what you're doing that nobody else is doing, um, <clears throat> there are two other things. One being that the hardware is open source, even down to the binary code that runs on the individual chipsets. Correct. And then the other being the Librem key, which we've not talked about at all, but I want to talk about that just for a second. So sure. you, you create this device that is essentially a USB stick that I purchased from you. And then I plug that into my, my Librem 13, if I've got one mm-hmm. and it checks a couple of things for me. Basically it says that the kernel has not been changed since the last time this Librem key was plugged in. The BIOS has not been changed since the last time this key was plugged in, and nothing in the hardware has been changed since the last time this key was plugged in. Correct?
1: That's correct. Yep. It's so, actually, you can think of it as equivalent to sort of like a, a key fob for your car, right? So your key fob that you come up to and you can push the button and it you know, unlocks your car is it actually makes a cryptographic uh, uh, measurement to say, yeah, yeah, the, this is the key fob that actually allows yes. to start my call. Yes, this right?
0: is that so, key fob.
1: Well, that's right, but this one you insert into the actual uh, USB port, and then it, it's convenient enough, because obviously we try for convenience, to blink green if no tampering has been done, and blink red if there has been tampering. And then you can obviously take a number of steps. It's not as though it doesn't boot, it just allows you to recognize, that. oh, maybe I'll turn off Wi-Fi while I try and You know, uh, roll back the software or something along those lines. So we make sure that we always we subscribe to uh, what's called a boot, not brick. So we make sure that all devices you can still boot the device and still use it. Uh, But what this allows you to do is. Is have it where the device can actually verify to you that it hasn't been tampered with.
0: And so this that at is least you know whether, the, space. right? So that at least I know whether now what I want to trust this for. If all I was going to yes. do was check Facebook anyway, heck, who cares? I'm already bleeding all my junk to Facebook. What if I can't trust the box that I'm doing it on? But if mm-hmm. this is where I'm getting ready to send that encrypted email about this very important project that I'm working on that I don't want anybody in the world to know about, this is not the box to do that on today.
1: So, so yeah, that's I'll, fair. And also, the, the other thing that, that, of course, there's a lot of use cases that factor in, right? So, in the case of our phone, which also the Librem Key uh, works on, or uh, we're actually going to be uh, announcing a product next week that'll be called the Librem Mini, uh, that's going to be a small um uh, form factor uh, home PC, and so that is where you can also use a Leap Key, meaning your photos can be protected. Right? You can say like, "Oh, good," like, and it's very, very simple because literally, it blinks green. You're like, "Hey, I'm good." If it blinks red, but there's, uh, um, that there's that uh, there's something has changed. And what's what's really important about that is um, that uh, you know during a software update, if you do a software update, then we go through the, even the process of making sure that, hey, look at you, you now want to upgrade your device, uh, upgrade, insert the key, and then we re-sign the key so that way it's it's you know uh, updated appropriately. So, we really work very hard to make that as convenient as possible. A few other things that really benefit by having this be so simple is that we can also get into all sorts of other verification areas that uh, with products that means that people can confirm, right? So, you know, this comes gets back to this convenience and verification piece that this is a device that that we, as purism, don't actually hold this the encryption key. You as an individual do, right? And so uh, so, so there's, there's a no zero
0: knowledge component purism.
1: there. That's right. So, so Purism can never get a warrant to then unlock your phone or get a warrant to unlock your home PC. We have no knowledge of it. It's literally, We're selling you the product, you own it completely and outright, and we have no information about it. The encryption behind it is on that key that you hold and you can put in your safe and you can store. And so this gets to where... um you know, it really comes down to making sure that individual freedoms are fully protected at everything that we're doing. Because at that foundation, then you have privacy and then you have security. Without that foundation, then it's uh, you don't have either.
0: Absolutely. And and so where the rubber meets the road, uh, I'll put it this way: I'm glad that you do a confirm not brick, or, or however you phrase that. That basically, yeah, a person, boot, not brick, yeah, boot not brick. A person can still make a decision to use this unsecured device. I will tell you, for me personally, uh, here's the story that I usually tell when I talk to people about this, like my friends or whoever. Uh, you know, When I'm explaining the Librem key, I watch people light up, because nobody else is doing I, I've got uh, the young man that will eventually be my son-in-law. He's a wonderful young man. Uh, he works in IT. He's, he's a white hat uh, sort of hacker guy, uh, works for a security company. This is what he does. And when he looked at the Librem key, he was like, man, this is amazing. And I said, look, here's the deal. If I take my laptop right now, I've got to go on a trip and I go through TSA security at the airport, you know, and I get all the joys of being either naked, scanned or groped to get on a plane. Yay me. Uh, But on top of that, they take my laptop in the back. If they take this laptop that's sitting in front of me right now in the back and it's it's out of my sight for more than 30 seconds – Todd, I will never boot it again. I will harvest it for parts, sell those parts on Amazon or eBay, and then I will hope that I can put a few extra dollars with that and go buy myself another laptop and be back where I was. With the Librem, I've got the Librem key. Fine, take my laptop back there. Have fun, guys, because what I'll do is when I get to my destination, I'll, I'll check into my hotel room, I'll boot up my machine with the Librem key in it. It flashes green I know everything's good. They've not changed the BIOS. They've not added some keylogger piece of hardware or software. They've not changed the kernel. They've not added something to my software somewhere. My box is exactly like it was when they took it out of my site. If, however, it flashes red, I harvest it for parts, I sell them on the Internet, and I go buy another one just like it. I would personally never use that device again. I'm glad, though, that in your effort toward giving people choice, you allow them. To make what I think would be a very bad choice, but that's their choice to make. Uh, so right. no,
1: that, it's important. <laughs> individual choice is, is clear uh, sense of freedom, and it also means that that we're not locking somebody into a, a, a terrible, inconvenient product. I mean, imagine the person who's like needs to get it a document. So oh, here's a sure. case of you you, tra- you travel through TSA. On the other side, it blinks red. Well, you can flip the hardware kill switch that we have, which is a physical switch on the device uh, and also on the phone, even that allows you to toggle off all uh, radio. So then you're actually, you know, you're only local and then you can extract the file that you need in some manner that you, that you deem appropriate and be able to deliver that to someone else. And so, you know, the, the, the importance of, of making sure that we're handling all use cases in a convenient manner is also very powerful. And so for an individual, right, this is, this can just be one level of security. And also in the end, um, it also, this, this, uh, Librem key can also be the thing that authenticates your you to the device as well as the device to you. So imagine you can insert it and then it can auto-log you in, it can log you into websites, it can log you into everything because you this is the thing you carry with you. Yeah, so when never, you go it never TSA, yeah that's right. You you go through TSA, you you keep that through, it can certainly pass through X ray, but then you you know, put it put it back in your pocket, where they would be able to, you know, obviously take the laptop and bring it back. And this also goes for, you know, when you. So when I leave my uh, laptop uh, in a hotel room, or you know, in an office, or if I have, go have a meeting and I leave it somewhere, I can come back and just confirm. And and it's, this is a cryptographic confirmation, right? This is a cryptographic guarantee. Nothing has actually changed on the device. Where and this and and to your son-in-law or future son-in-law that you're talking with the reason that he that he would get excited is because we invented this, right? This We're inventing and innovating in so many spaces because we're looking at things in a completely different lens.
0: Yeah, there's the right? free market showing its value to, again. That, 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 that yeah, that's right. again, that's is right. the value of the free market. Yeah. So, yeah, I think what you're doing is wonderful. And I, I want to bring up one final point before we close out. Um, so you offer – and I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of all of the interdiction services or anti-interdiction services that you offer, but you bring up an interesting point there. I've left my laptop alone in a hotel room. How do I know that the man hasn't been in my room tinkering with my junk while I was gone? Uh, But then by that same token, how do I know that from the point that you shipped the device to me, the man didn't intercept it somewhere along the way, wreak havoc on it, install his spyware on it and then allow UPS or FedEx or whoever to deliver it to my door and, from the moment I begin using the device, I am none the wiser because I plug in the Libram key and it says everything's fine because they got that too. So one of the options that you offer is that you ship those separately. You ship me the Librem key. And only once I've confirmed to you that I've got that in my hand, do you ship me the laptop? And so what that means okay. is since to make those changes, someone would have to have both of them at the exact same moment. I can know that never happened.
1: That's correct. And so obviously, that's that, that's that's something that we we do offer, uh, and actually, it's kind of surprising how many people uh, have have taken up that offer because of the simplicity of saying, "Oh, look, okay, I get package one, which is the Librem key. I hold on to that. I confirm it back. Yes, I have it now, and then we ship the laptop, and then they can plug it into the Blink Green, and so that that confirms this the the what's what's called uh, you know interdiction, which means something has been modified during shipment, and obviously the people who you know, want to confirm that uh, it's so simple that we have people who are like, yeah, you know what, actually, I'm just kind of curious how it works, right? They're not actually, let's say, concerned that maybe it was was tampered with in shipment, but they're like, wow, that's that's just so innovative and, and almost like fun uh, that we've had a, a giant uptick no uh, doubt. in the number of people who want. And then, but obviously the other piece that's really important behind that is, you know, um, is enterprise uh, where we can uh, sign entire palette of devices Uh, And, you know, with various keys, they sign the keys, they ship us the key, we can sign things, ship them back. There's all sorts of really fun things you can end up doing. But at the end of the day, what you're actually doing is having a cryptographic guarantee that your device has not been tampered with, period. And so that... That becomes such a strong foundation to then trust everything beyond that. And that's your sort of weakest link in the chain. This means that there is no weak link in the chain.
0: Right? Absolutely. This, is,
1: this isn't your, your anchoring your aircraft carrier with unbelievably strong to what's transparent all the way down to what you might have 100 yards twine right? Exactly. So, so this is this is every link in the chain of everything that we have done from foundation of a social purpose company to releasing all of the schematics of the hardware we produce, to releasing the actual software, to making sure that there isn't any area in the entire supply chain that we have left unaddressed. And so we have the complete confidence from the onset all the way to product arriving at your door. And then at that point, it's your product, right? And you have complete ownership of that product.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I am not surprised that you've seen this uptick in that because here's the thing. We all have fire extinguishers under our sinks, not because I think I'm going to get a kitchen fire today. I don't think I'm going to have a kitchen fire today. I'm very careful that that doesn't happen, but hell's bells. If it does happen, I want to know I can reach under my sink and pull out something and put that out. So fine. I, I buy the Librem key. I'm going to buy it anyway. Right. Uh, so I have you ship it separately. It's a few extra dollars for shipping and you ship them twice. And I have to wait a couple of extra days for my laptop. Woe is me. But at the end of the day, I know that I've got this device like, like my fire extinguisher, like my seatbelt that I hope is never used for its intended purpose. But if it ever is, I will know I've got it. So there's yep. super value in that, Todd. I am really impressed, uh, even more so than in the past, with how well your company and you, as a, as a creator and an innovator, have thought these things out. I'm going to make sure that I list uh, a link to your website in the show notes. So, folks, be sure to check that if you're even curious about what Libram or what uh, Purism is doing with the Libram line of devices, go and check it out. Um, this is. Uh, you know, you can watch, there are a million and one YouTube videos out there of people talking about this thing. Uh, I think even, uh, even Ed Snowden, if I'm not mistaken, has had something to say about this, or am I mistaken about that, Todd? Uh,
1: no, no, he, he's name dropped us, uh, on a, uh, a conference. Yeah. yeah that, the, that's the what I innovative thought. things we doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so
0: I think what you're doing is amazing. Uh, what, if you're going to be in the market for a phone or a laptop anytime soon, folks, be sure to just check this out, you know, make sure this is on the list of things that you're considering And um, Todd, did you want to say anything in closing?
1: You know, I I really appreciate uh, the the conversation. It's always a joy uh, talking with you. And um, I also uh, uh, wish your um, podcast uh, some uh, larger growth and and continued success.
0: Thanks, Todd. I really appreciate that. God bless. And uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. And join us next week on Enemy of the Surveillance State. (music)